This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. She's a photographer and an all-around awesome person, Mari Proventure. Hi there. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so for the listeners, Mari and I met uh, doing a show called Story Collider, which we still kind of do together. But the time that we met, you were actually telling a story yes. in Story Collider, a storytelling show about science. And I was also telling a story and I wasn't supposed to host. <laughs> but then uh, my friend had a weird, uh, disturbing finger injury. Yeah. <laughs> I hosted the show. Uh, and then you take photos of the show uh, every time uh, Audrey Kearns and I do it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite gigs. <laughs> now, why is it one of your favorite gigs? Because you do a lot of interesting photography of like lots of movement. And this is people maybe moving a lot if they happen to gesticulate while they tell a story. Yeah. Well, it's fun because it's a great group of people, first of all. And the guest speakers are always really interesting. Um, I love to hear the stories. I mean, I get to, I'm taking photos, but I'm still listening as I'm working, obviously. Also, you know, there is a challenge to making something interesting. When someone is just standing in one spot talking, that is an artistic challenge for me to make <laughs> that interesting, to get different dynamic photos for the client so that they have everything they could possibly need and different variations. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What do you, when, when you're watching a specific person tell a story, are you watching to see like a specific kind of rhythm that they get in with their hands or their face so that you know, like, okay, I I sense they're going to make a weird face now, but I think right now they're going to make a not weird face. Um, I mean, yes and no. At some point you do, if you watch someone long enough, you'll start to pick up on their, you know, their tendencies and their movements. But I feel like something that it's really, you know, people, not a lot of people know about photography is that it's just taking a million photos. <laughs> like the biggest part of it is just editing those photos down, like knowing what you're looking for when you've got, you know, I think I probably walk away from a show with like 700 photos and I send you guys what, like a hundred? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, uh, it's just a matter of being ready to catch that moment more than anything. Uh, if you look at me during a show, you'll often see me sitting there like with the camera in front of my face. It's focused. I haven't clicked it. And I I may sit there and not click for a while, but I'm just waiting. <laughs> You're waiting. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while on social media, a photo will float around and people will be like really judgmental about what they believe is happening in the photo. And I'm always like, what you think is happening might be happening. Uh, but then one photo can not tell the full story. Like I take oh, yeah. selfies of myself with my drinks all the time and I often blink and it'll be one photo right next to the other. And one photo looks like that's a fun selfie with a drink. And the other looks like this idiot is hammered taking a picture <laughs> of himself in public. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, you don't have to Photoshop a photo to tweak the truth with it. Right. I think that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things can look awkward easily. So yeah. uh, photography is your, your main gig, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, I've been doing that for, well, 10 years now here in L.A. Damn. Um, this is my 10-year my anniversary in September of living here. And I was doing it in Chicago as well before I moved here. Okay. And do you do anything else or is photography like your one thing? No, I'm also actually an educational director for a UCLA extension program. Okay. Which is super fun. And it started because I was the photography teacher. <laughs> um, and when the director got promoted, she recommended me to take over for her, which was really awesome. Uh, I love it because it is basically a course for international students. They come to LA for three days and they 
do an entire course on arts and entertainment in Los Angeles. So it's like history of Los Angeles and we're going to teach you acting workshops and photo workshops. And it's it's really everything I love. And you teach that or run the whole program? I run the whole program. Okay. I make the schedule. I, you know, get the buses. I buy the tickets, all that jazz. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I I would like to take that. Oh, it's so fun. (laughs) Uh, So let's get into your obsession then. Uh, This is great because you were very clear on what your obsession is. Sometimes people give me a list of 17 things, but you were quite clear that it is Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) Yes, it's definitely Jimmy Buffett. I am so fascinated with. So just for starters, for people who are like, I am vaguely aware of Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville guy. Can you give just a brief couple sentence explanation of who he is? So he, you know, he is a a rock star that's been around since the 70s, and he plays that kind of, like, country beach-style music. Um, But he also is much more of a storyteller than one would imagine if you're only familiar with his hits. And that is is where my obsession stems from, is he tells really, really detailed stories on a a variety of different topics. Um, And one of the reasons I loved him growing up was because, you know, there are so many love songs, but Jimmy Buffett writes songs about everything, not just love. So there was stuff for me to connect with even as like a 10-year-old, you know? What did you connect with uh, specifically as a 10-year-old? What kind of adventures? Oh, well, he's got lots of songs about traveling, obviously. Um, It's almost like a social studies lesson. (laughs) Seriously, like he has songs about traveling the world, but he'll just drop like, now I'm in... Africa with this tribe and now I'm going to go to Australia and you know like we're going to talk about doing a walkabout and like it just uh there's a lot of oh he also has a lot of like history like stories about like various wars and stuff okay um and so and they'll be from like a really specific point of view it'll be like you know this is the captain that was in this war and nobody wants to hear his stories anymore. So he just lives alone in the jungle and like tells his stories to the iguanas. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff that like, I, you know, I could get into as a kid. Yeah, understandably. Now, do they all still have the same sort of musical style of uh, laid back? Uh, I was reading on a Wikipedia that described it as Gulf and Western. I mean, I think that it mostly stays within that genre, um, but it kind of varies. Sometimes it's more country, sometimes it's less. Um, his stuff from the 80s has a lot of, like, synthesizers. <laughs> um, yeah, he has a song uh, about Halloween in Tijuana with, like, a like a bullwhip sound effect. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay, that sounds awesome. So yeah. you were uh, exposed to the, the musical stylings of Jimmy Buffett as a child. Does that mean that your parents were into them, or were you a precocious child who found Jimmy Buffett by yourself? <laughs> no, uh, my parents, well, my mom mostly was into him, although even before I was born, my parents used to just like roll up to his concerts day of and like buy a ticket at the door and walk in so they they definitely went and saw him together before he was i don't want to say as big as he was but you know before it became such i've never seen him live oh wow because i can't get a ticket because they sell out instantly okay um so like i've actually never seen him but you know they did so they were listening to him before i was even born um and most of my earliest memories are like scored with a jimmy buffett soundtrack okay wow so in your mind, is that sort of like that? Is that the basic of what basis of what music sounds like? Oh yeah, actually, that's even to this day, I'm embarrassed because a song will start and I'll go, "This is a Jimmy Buffett song," and then I'll go, "Oh no, this was actually a song Jimmy Buffett covered, and I didn't know that till right now." <laughs> um, a lot like Dolly Parton songs, even um, the Kooks. He does uh, "Sunny Afternoon" by the Kooks, which I did not know was a Kooks song for a really long time. Okay, you just thought that was a Jimmy Buffett. Original. I sure did. I think one of the only things I knew was a cover for sure was like "Brown Eyed Girl." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
was it only Jimmy Buffett? Was it all Jimmy Buffett all the time? Or was it other music in the general vein no, of Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy Buffett was kind of the only one in that vein. Um, my dad listened to a lot of like Steely Dan and the Moody Blues. Okay. But, but musically, we had a very, we loved music in our house, but my parents didn't listen to, I don't know, which is weird because my dad was actually on the radio and was like a radio DJ. Okay. But for whatever reason, I just was only exposed to like a very limited amount of stuff until I got older and... Then I became, I was like into like the Backstreet Boys. And when I was in high school, I learned a lot of new music by downloading anime music videos. <laughs> like I, I really had to like go out of my way to find other music to get into. And I will say my my classic rock knowledge is just like woefully, like just awful. Okay. Even yeah. though your dad was, was a disc jockey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty bad. He just felt Buffett was a uh, correct mood for the home. That's, that's very yeah. interesting. Um, I was reading about his fans being called parrot heads, but I did not uh, hear why. Um, that's that's a really basic question that I'm sort of sort of blanking. Like, uh, let's see, it's Jimmy Buff and the Coral Reefer Band. Parrot heads are the fans; their kids are parakeets. Um, <laughs> so there's a tradition of introducing your children oh, to Jimmy Buffett. Oh yeah, there's actually a Jimmy Buffett children's album that I also loved, uh, <laughs> the, called the Parakeet Album. Okay, uh, it was very cute. It had um, like some they had like his song "Cheeseburger in Paradise" has a line about a cold draft beer, but they changed it to like a cold root beer. Um, so it was like very. But the rest of it is still "Cheeseburger in Paradise." Yeah, for the most part. Okay, yeah. I, I'll have some follow up questions about that song because I oh, yeah. had never heard it until earlier today when oh. I was researching. Yes. So I, I've got some questions oh, sure. about that one. Yeah. But, um, and the the other thing to mention about Parrot Heads for me specifically is that. I was completely disconnected from the Parrothead community, uh, which would probably have changed how I viewed the music. I don't know, for better or for worse, but like it is such a community and they do so many things and uh, they have so many traditions. But like I was completely oblivious. It was literally just like me and my mom in the car singing Jimmy Buffett for 15 years. Okay. (laughs) So it is sort of like Grateful Dead where he has this dedicated following, but you could just grow up going, the Grateful Dead is a a band and not realize that like being a deadhead is a whole way of life. Yeah, that's a a very apt way to put it. Okay. As you got older and realized that you had been a parakeet and had grown into being a parrot head, did you want to embrace the community and be part of that? Or did you want it to continue to just be you like his music and that's your thing? Um. I'm not, I don't want to say like I'm opposed to being a part of the community, but, um, but it's like that has such a like Florida vibe. Uh, like the Parrothead community is very like got that like Gulf Florida vibe, lots of partiers and lots of older people is, is kind of my gut feeling. Um, and it was just a t- an entirely different thing for me. Uh, it was just like, these are a bunch of stories that I love. So okay. I don't necessarily think that being part of that community would make it better or worse. I don't know, but it's it's just very different. Okay. So obviously his big hits, a lot of them are about partying or drinking or just enjoying a lack of responsibility. Yes. <laughs> how, how did that naturally translate into, well, of course there should be a second generation of Jimmy Buffett fans, and of course <laughs> we need a name for all of the children fans yes. of Jimmy Buffett. How did that happen? Well, I think... Uh, Another thing that people don't realize about Jimmy Buffett is those stories I was telling, uh, he's really great at world building. And not all of his stories are 
historical per se or party stories even um he's a lot of science fiction stories okay yeah uh so for me one of my favorite ones growing up is this song called desdemona's building a rocket ship damn and it is about this woman who goes down to puerto rico and is having sex with a scientist and he she looks through the he's he's like an astronomer and she looks through his telescope and uh the Pleiades, which is a real constellation with a real Greek myth. Uh, the Pleiades are the seven sisters in Greek mythology, and they, they're missing their sister. And so this woman in the song looks through the telescope and is just struck by the knowledge that she is the lost Pleiade, and the, or lost Pleiad, and that she has to go to space to be reunited with her sisters. So she goes home and starts fanatically building a rocket ship, even though she has no experience in it. And... Um, it doesn't really say whether she succeeded, <laughs> but it's just this song about like her having this realization and going home and like Desdemona is building a rocket ship. Like she's got to go and that's it. And something like that, again, it's, it just captured my imagination. And I was already kind of a geek that was into Greek mythology. So it was like so fun to connect the two. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it was, is this, well, I, I got a couple of follow-up questions <laughs> for that as well. Uh, just for the song, is it written from a third-person perspective, or is the narrator of the song singing it the scientist? Uh, it's third-person. Okay, so it is totally uh, Jimmy Buffett as narrator yes. telling you the story of these two people. Yes. Not Jimmy <laughs> Buffett casting himself as sexy scientist. No, no. And it's not even about two people. Like, the scientist is just at the beginning. I think the line is like, she was down in Puerto Rico doing a scientist. Like, it's very <laughs> casual. And then it's just when they get to the part, she looks through the giant telescope and she hears the calling voice. And then it becomes all about her. Yeah, and it's like... Uh, She's got a passion for cookies, a crew full of rookies. It's going to be a hell of a blow. Desdemona's <laughs> building a rocket ship. She's got to go. <laughs> okay, I can see how that would extremely, extremely interest a child of like, what? Yeah. You can do that? You can build a rocket ship full of cookies? Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it, I understand that these kind of storytelling songs are what would attract a, a young person, especially uh, from what I know about you, a young person who's interested in science and adventure. Yeah. Um, do you think that Jimmy Buffett prefers these storytelling songs to his hits and feels shackled by his hits or what is his relationship with that because there are some artists who are just loud and proud about like i'm proud of the deep cuts and i hate the singles but i guess i'll play them for you i i mean i can't speak to jimmy buffett personally <laughs> my guess would be he kind of loves it all okay because i think i mean i i'm sure he's sick of playing margaritaville uh you know the, the probably at least the top 10 he's got to be really sick of um i would imagine he's like i said i think his first album came out in like the 70s but um he seems like he really loves his job okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is very like the party scene is very much his vibe um i i've never seen anything like outwardly that's like I love these historical stories I'm telling, but he, why would he write them if he didn't? You know? Right, and keep doing it, right? Yeah, exactly. I would imagine they continue to be on his more recent albums that he has these kind of stories. That's actually something I should mention. I haven't listened to the recent albums. Okay. I, it's, it's for whatever reason, my Jimmy Buffett knowledge stops in like 2004. Okay. I have to. I, I meant to actually sit down and do some listen throughs before this, and I didn't get a chance. I'm oh, sorry. that's fine. Uh, is it is it just because you are so used to the ones you have, and that this is a large catalog of Jimmy Buffett? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say um, every now and then I don't have serious radio in my car, but my boyfriend does. Okay. So every now and then uh, he lets me put on Margaritaville radio, um, <laughs> and. 
there'll be every now and then there's a song that I don't know that's one of the newer ones and I'm like oh I love this now I need to remember it go <laughs> you know so I know that like there is stuff coming out it's just that I think when I listen to him it's coming from such a place of nostalgia okay. that I tend to lean towards the older stuff okay yeah I was gonna ask about kind of your modern listening so yeah do you uh, do you just kind of have him on in the background or is it something where like you choose I'm going to stop everything else I'm doing put on headphones and get into this specific Buffett zone uh, I read a little bit of both I definitely have like a Jimmy Buffett playlist that's exclusively him on my phone at most times okay um, and but I think of it as just something that's like always going to make me feel good yeah uh, so it's kind of I maybe have to be in the right headset for it or like yeah mindset but um for the most part, I just know I'm always going to be in a good mood. It's it's like a great pick-me-up to have. Okay, okay. Uh, now, so you, you shared the adventure songs. I had no idea about Jimmy Buffett going to space. <laughs> yes. Oh, and actually, this is this is one that, like, if I do finally sit down and, like, someday make my, you know, cut together a little Jimmy Buffett fan video, there is another song that I swear is about Doctor Who. Oh, really? <laughs> like... I can't, I've, I've been listening to it. I think it came out and it was on one of the, like the early 2000s albums. Um, but now I, every time I listen to it, all I see is Doctor Who. Yeah. It, it is literally, it's about, it's called Beach House on the Moon. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really cute. It's basically a story that he's telling to his son. So like his son is growing up and he's trying to tell his son this like whimsical story of um, this, the Admiral of the Ocean, you know, the, the man in the sky. But he talks about how he can travel through time and space. There's a line where he says, sometimes he looks like you, sometimes he looks like me. Oh. Like there's a lot. And he talks about like, oh, he's going to go back in time and like cruise the Nile. And like, okay. it's very time and space, face changing, magical, like I've learned so much from him kind of thing. Beach House on the Moon? Yeah. Okay, I need to look that one up. Yeah. All right, so you uh, can share endless stuff about uh, the deep cuts. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was reading on Wikipedia of how he has uh, the top eight or the top ten that he plays in concert, his biggest uh, ones, and had a funny quote about, I have to play them or people will kill me. Yes. Do probably. you have favorites of his famous songs? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of, like, what I guess his top hits. Probably, like... Volcano is really fun. Um, okay. Volcano is another one that I liked because it was sort of a geography song. Um, because there's a part where he's he's singing like the the chorus of the song is like I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Okay. So he's trying to decide like where to go to escape the volcano, and he just like <laughs> lists a bunch of geographical locations he doesn't want to go to. Uh, and and like, that's one of his top hits, huh? Oh, oh yeah, it's a big one. Um, it's very catchy. And then uh, Finns is another one that's really fun because it's it's if you ever like watch footage of a Jimmy Buffett concert, you'll see people doing like the Finns dance oh, because okay. there's like Finns to the left, Finns to the right in the song. Um, and that one is like about a girl who. Oh, God, I don't even know now that like now I'm trying to break it down. It's like. A woman who lives by the ocean but, like, travels with bands for a season and the guys are always writing her letters and all the guys are, like, after her. That's that's what that song is about. It's so catchy, though. <laughs> okay. Are there any that you, you don't like? Um, oh, that's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> any of the big ones, you mean, yeah. specifically? Um, not really. I, I will say, like, Cheeseburger in Paradise is maybe not my favorite but even that no the, the part where he's singing about all the toppings he likes on his cheeseburger that's fun so no i don't know i think i just like them all yeah in yeah i have okay i'll ask my cheeseburger in paradise question okay so i never heard that song before uh most of it 
he is describing wanting to eat a cheeseburger, yes. the situation in which he will eat a cheeseburger, yep. uh, what he would like on the cheeseburger, but then the course ends with, I'm just a cheeseburger in paradise, Yep. and the perspective shifts from eating a cheeseburger <laughs> to he is a cheeseburger. That's a good what point. the hell is the deal with that? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no answer for you. Uh, Jimmy Buffett's just a kooky guy. <laughs> he likes playing with reality. Okay. I don't know. He's, he likes to morph into a thing that he also enjoys eating. Maybe he's saying that like he he is the thing that like makes you happy and makes you feel satisfied. Like, yeah, I'm listening to Jimmy Buffett. I feel like I'm eating my cheeseburger in paradise. Ah, that he himself is indeed Maybe. a cheeseburger in paradise. That's my best guess. That's interesting to me because I, I think a, it was just funny to me, but I think the thing like, Obviously, I know Margaritaville because I'm a human who is alive yes. right now uh, in the last 40 years. Uh, so, of, of course, I do. Um, but the, uh, some of his other big hits I had not heard. I didn't even know Cheeseburgers in Paradise was an actual song. Yes. Um, but they all do have, to me, the hits, this feel of, eh, life is stressful. Let's relax. Let's sing along and, and have a good time. So it's yeah. got this sort of like, let's acknowledge that there are challenges, but let's escape from them for a little while. Yeah. And there's something to me about that that's both comforting and also a little a little scary for me because I, I get nervous about like, what exactly am I singing along to? Yeah. <laughs> so I was really taken to like, oh, cheese, everybody wants cheeseburgers. I'm yes. a cheeseburger. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, they're definitely, in some of the more deep cuts too, he does like go more into escapism. Um, he has one song that, Again, like imagine listening to this as like a seven or eight year old because it's very confusing. It's like about a man who gave up his own name and like erased his identity and like just ran away from life. And it's and, and but it's like a very complicated song, too, in certain ways, because it's like I think I would actually I always imagine it being set during a war. But now that I think about it, I couldn't say for sure. <laughs> um, but there is a lot of of like really specific, more heartfelt stuff about like, oh, a, like a story of a you know a captain or someone who was in a war who like ran away from his problems and the years slipped away and then this happened there's a lot of perspective in yeah. Jimmy Buffett songs yeah almost um, everything has some element of escapism I yeah. believe obviously Margaritaville is just escaping into an actual margarita uh and then even the ones like the Desdemona and the Doctor Who song are about going yeah. to a different place does that escapism speak to you Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Especially, you know, when I was growing up, it was I lived in in Massachusetts in kind of a small town. Um, it was very cold all the time, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 24 like seven. Um, and it was, you know, just kind of a small community. So it makes sense that like that escapism appealed to me then. Um, and I will say something that's really wonderful for me now here in L.A. is sometimes I find myself in like situations that remind me of a Jimmy Buffett song oh, and I'm really? like oh, I'm living the dream <laughs> um <laughs> or or once I mean this was more recently it was like the exact opposite but it still made me happy like he has a song about it it's so cold and I want to order boat drinks and, and like <laughs> I, because it'll make me feel beachy and I was like it was you know like 110 degrees you know, somewhat recently, and I was like in a bar watching hockey, and it just it like connected to the lyrics of the song, and I was just like, oh, it all it all feels good. And did you did you order a boat drink? I uh, I did not. I think we actually left the bar because we didn't have AC. <laughs> um, but I kind of related to the the feeling of like. Uh, like we've got this hockey game on because we're trying to pretend that it's not that we're not melting. Yeah. Um. I don't know. 
yeah. those connections. Now that you are in L.A., do you still long for escape the same way you did when you were younger in a cold, small town? <laughs> uh, I don't long for it the same way, but I still, like, fully appreciate it and, like, really feel good when I find my... Because I feel like I'm in a lot of situations, like I said, I, I find myself kind of living in a Jimmy Buffett-esque world sometimes and and I just like fills me with like lots of wonderful feelings. <laughs> nice, nice. So when you say you've been in LA and you've felt uh, like you're in an actual Jimmy Buffett song, does that mean like at, at a beach and in Venice with a cocktail or uh, what, what in LA makes you feel like you're living out a Jimmy Buffett song? Um, just the general like beachiness for sure. Um, a lot of like a lot of his songs feature palm trees, stuff like okay. that. Which you know, uh, I, I know you came from the Midwest, so yeah. I don't know if you had the same experience. But like when I first moved to LA, I remember a friend and I were like driving around and we stopped at a light, and she was just like, "There's just a palm tree right there, <laughs> just a palm tree," and we were both like, you know, marveling at it. And, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. When you're from places that are not palm tree centric. Uh, yeah. Palm trees are just such a symbol of escape, mm -hmm. in of vacation, and and yeah. <laughs> cocktails on the beach. Yeah, yeah, that it is really powerful. Uh, I saw that he does other stuff besides music. That he has done a lot of uh, books and yes. things like that. He has restaurants. Yes. Uh, he has a Cheeseburger in Paradise restaurant. Um, are you a fan of any of his other enterprises, or is it just about the music? Well, uh, I, another thing about. Uh, when I was growing up, we I also never went to Margaritaville, which okay. is the name of the restaurant. Um, when I was, there was like one trip to Florida where my family, like we, we went out of our way. It was, it was like the afternoon before we got on our plane. We went out of our way to go to Margaritaville and it was closed for a private party. Okay. Um, which I, I think they told us it was like 80 grand to do that. And I was like, I feel like Jimmy Buffett should be playing at the party for 80 grand, <laughs> but okay. Um, so I was like shut down. So when one finally opened here in LA, I was so excited. A Margaritaville? Yes. Oh here? yeah, there's, okay. there's one in uh, Universal City Walk. Okay. So occasionally I'll go there. I got to say, I, I don't love their food, <laughs> but I will, anytime I am at City Walk, I will like go in just for the ambiance. Yeah. Um. Also, randomly, because I've never been to the concerts, so I didn't know this, but at the concerts, apparently, he has stilt walkers. Okay. Which, um, I don't know if, if we've talked about this, but I do a lot of circus stuff, and I used to, like, walk on stilts uh, as a gig. I knew you photographed a lot of yeah. circus uh, stuff. Uh, and uh, what the what was the rope dancing with the uh, cloth? Like, uh, aerial silks. Air, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I shoot a lot of but circus you, stuff. But you used to do that or do do that yourself as well? I used to. So, okay. I mean, I still dabble, but back when I was in Chicago, I was like a semi-professional stilt walker. Oh, nice. Um, but when I moved to LA, there is like a already a full thriving community of professional stilt walkers. So I was like, you guys have it covered. <laughs> um, you kind of got the market cornered. Uh, so... Uh, but what I love is that when I started going to Margaritaville here, I realized that they have stilt walkers that walk around the restaurant and, like, make you balloon hats and stuff. Um, and I just, the first time I went, I was just so enchanted. I was like, it's like somebody made a restaurant for me. Yeah. Um, my only complaint really is that uh, they, which I... This is such a like personal complaint. If you work at Margaritaville, I feel your pain. I'm not saying they should do this, but... I get upset when I go to Margaritaville and they're not playing Jimmy Buffett music because oh, yeah. they'll like mix in other country singers, whatever. And I'm not really into the other stuff, 
just want my Jimmy Buffett. I also went recently on a weekend and I was like, I'm just going to poke my head in for a minute. Um, you know, I hope they're not playing some, somebody else's music. And I got in and there was a live band and they were playing like flute music. And I was just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at Margaritaville. Yeah. <laughs> not what I'm here for. His style is really interesting because it, it, it is it's very distinctive, but it does have a kind of country twang that mm. for me, like aesthetically, I don't personally like that kind of country twang yeah. i enjoyed listening to some of his songs but just a step over from him i would be like nope yeah uh is it like that for you where there's things that are musically close but you don't want to hear it yeah i mean i'm not somebody that's like i completely hate country but it's like pure country has just never been like my jam that much yeah um i mean i, I like casey musgraves but she's kind of like country pop yeah um so so, yeah, like, and it's the same when we listen to the Margaritaville Sirius station, you know, they'll play like Alan Jackson or something, which I completely get why he's on this playlist, but yeah. I'm just kind of whatever. Okay. Does the menu lean into Jimmy Buffett? Is it like all oh, yeah. margaritas and cheeseburgers? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Can you get uh, Desdemona uh, rocket cookies? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Man. But I will say they do, they have like screens and stuff where they'll play like live uh uh, footage from his concerts and stuff okay. or play the music videos and they'll play the deep cuts too which i always appreciate oh yeah but of course then i'm in like a crowded restaurant with my friends and i'm like everybody shut up this is the best part <laughs> i just want to hear this one line um i just i just love it yeah that's awesome have you ever made any kind of different life choice because of jimmy buffett or a jimmy buffett song like uh it could be career dating financial anything i mean i probably I, I never when I I never consciously decided to move to California. It was just this like understood like I will move to California someday. When I do that, I will. And I think probably like having that undercurrent of like tropical vibes in my psyche probably was part of it. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything that I have specifically done. Although I will say, you know, obviously he's got a lot of great love songs that have like helped me get interesting perspective on things uh, as far as like dating. But I don't think he's ever, I think it's like been helpful for like framing situations yeah. I'm in, but I, it hasn't necessarily like informed my active decisions. Okay. So like when you've been in dating situations, if I may ask, you can, yes. you say like, this is like the narrative in the Jimmy Buffett song, whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, he's got this one. And again, I just want to remind you when I was like seven, I was listening to this and, and it was, you know, blowing my mind. Here's this one song uh, about a breakup called If the Phone Doesn't Ring, It's Me. Oh, damn. And okay. like, I love that song. And, you know, I've definitely had some breakups where it's, you know, you've got that like, this is me actively not picking up the phone afterwards. And I, I completely relate. Is the, uh, that's a, a beautiful just title, but is it the, is it a song about I am trying to walk away from this, so I'm restraining myself from calling you? Uh, yes. Okay. It, it is. It's like, you know, it's, if the phone doesn't ring, you'll know that it's me. I found someone to make me feel warm. Like, it's kind of this, like, if, if, I, if I'm not calling, you know I'm okay. Okay. And it, it's not malicious at all. Yeah. It's like a very, like, heartfelt, like, yeah. Just, just so you know I'm okay. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I was uh, noticing how much he has totally leaned into the margarita thing. Like, again, there's some artists who'd be like, yep, that's my hit. I'm done. Yeah. But he is all in to the point of having restaurants. And he did that cameo in Jurassic World where yes. he's running from dinosaurs holding two oh, margaritas. I love that. Is he, is he just really good at personal branding or is he just 
totally actually like I'm a loose whatever island escapism guy. So people like that, I'll lean into it. Yeah, I think it's got to be like both of those things. Like there's no question that he or his team have are great at branding. Yeah. Um, I know I remember reading somewhere years ago that like he's sick of people like ordering him margaritas at the bar, which obviously. Um, But I think I mean, I would guess it comes from a, a place of like you know real passion and like this is the lifestyle that he i think that he lives or at least that he presents yeah um he was actually just in a movie the beach bum okay um and it's actually kind of weird because i would have never seen this movie except that i've i read that like the snoop dog role was written for jimmy buffett <laughs> And Jimmy Buffett was like, oh, I, I can't take this much time to, like, be in your entire movie, but yeah. I will do, a, like, some cameos as myself. Okay. And um, it just kind of solidified that, like, he just seems like he's just, like, super rich and super chill and <laughs> likes to party. And, like, that's – it seems to me like that's his brand, but that's also kind of just his deal. Yeah. Like, you know, I have looked into some of the, like – stuff that he has gotten in trouble with and like literally every arrest on his record or everything like that it's all just drugs like he just it's just like oh he had too much ecstasy when he got (laughs) off the plane or like he actually has a song although this one is not about drugs okay taught me drug terminology (laughs) he has a song about um because he loves to fly planes okay they feature in a lot of his songs that he's uh he's a pilot and he has a song about flying over jamaica and they think he's a drug smuggler so they they start shooting at him, and this happened in real life. Oh, they, they shot at his plane. Yes, in real life, um, and they had to, like, land and explain, to, like, we're not here for drugs. I think he says something like, we were here for, like, the chicken. Like, we like, like, <laughs> came for the food, something like that. Um, but this this was a real thing that happened. But, yeah, like, all, all of the stuff that, you know, that you can, all the dirt you can find on him is, like, yeah, just all drug-related, which to me just kind of feeds into that brand of, like, he's just so rich. This guy who likes having fun. Yeah, yeah. And you were you were mentioning before we started that there is one song of his that you wanted to mention that sometimes people are, are critical of. No, not necessarily critical. Uh, it's just that you know, I, a lot of my experience through, and I should say, I'm sure people are critical of it, but I don't have a lot of people that I talk to about Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> right, you're so. not on a Jimmy Buffett Reddit group. I'm yeah. not. I'm definitely not. So, um, so, but there there is one song that like when I was growing up, I would listen to and. It did not ruin me. Um, <laughs> it's called Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw. Okay. And uh, and it is literally just like two consenting adults being like, wouldn't it be fun if we got drunk and had sex? And when, you know, I remember my mom saying she brought my grandmother to one of his concerts and that was the song that made my grandmother be like, oh, what are you listening to? <laughs> um, but I, I feel like it's worth pointing out that like I listened to that song. It did not stand out to me as a child. I was yeah. just like... Oh, yeah, you're an adult, you want to party, you want to have a good time, and you're talking to somebody else about doing that together. Like, And, and like in retrospect, I find that very healthy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. But I also think that because so much of my experience with him is through the, the lens of like me listening as a small child, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, isn't that problematic? But it really wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like there's that's true of lots of different kinds of entertainment that that is how uh young people learn about all sorts of complex adult topics um everything from violence to sex to all all sorts of different things that that's kind of a normal way to encounter it and then uh it's i i find it fun to go back and 
revisit things that I experienced as a child, imagine what age I was, and and remember, like, that had no impact on me now, but now as an adult, I understand what it says, and I can analyze it as an adult. Yeah. Um, So we were talking about his, uh, not only great personal branding, but his willingness to just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Like, it seems like if Margaritaville wasn't the big hit, but the uh, Rocket song was, he'd have a restaurant called Rocket Time. That'd be awesome. (laughs) And he'd just go with it. Yeah. Do you... do you admire that? Do you want to be that for yourself? Do you feel you are that for yourself, that go-with-the-flow Jimmy Buffett vibe? Well, he also, you kind of touched on this before because it's worth mentioning that he doesn't always just go with the flow. Like, that <laughs> is his vibe, and I think that is something to aspire to, but I think it's important to note that he's actually kind of an activist. Yeah. And so he's not just kind of like, oh, whatever happens, happens. Like, he, um, he's very into environmentalism. He supports a lot of environmental causes. He makes movies about environmental causes. He made, like, a kid's movie about an owl preserve in Florida. Um, <laughs> he's, he's very into that, he, and he writes a lot of songs about that as well. Um, he also, like, does concerts for Democratic nominees. Okay. Like, he's, he's somebody that's, like, his whole vibe is, like, yeah, man, everything's cool. We're all having fun, but also... You got to do the stuff you got to do so the world doesn't explode. <laughs> Let's not kill all the sea animals. Right. Yeah, okay. Like, so and so I think that that's I think that's like a noble goal is to be like chill but still an activist. Yeah. Yeah. Do you aspire to that? Do you actively think about I I can be oh, chill and also an activist? <laughs> I wish I was a lot more chill, but I think I'm doing okay with my activism. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Good. I hope. Good. Uh, I saw that he had a specific Save the Manatee Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like manatees in general. But yes. I have a play that I have written and rewritten uh, over many years where one of the main things of the the main character in it that I used to play is uh, being obsessed with manatees. Nice. So I was very touched. Oh. Does he have a manatee song? Um he has, off the top of my head, I can think of at least one part where he sings uh, about seeing himself as a manatee. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me think. The lyric is, sometimes I see me as an old manatee growing south as the waters go, grow colder. Uh, humdrum so near. Oh, I'm blanking. It's, and he mentions like pock scars from motorboat blades. Oh, like, my Like God. pock scars deep in my shoulder. Yeah. Okay. This is insane because like I basically wrote that into this show that oh. I, that's been produced many many places over the last 15 years and wow. I have now have no no doubt that many people saw it and got Oh, he got that from Jimmy Buffett. Oh, no. I'm sure not that many people were like, well, Joseph's really ripping off growing older but not growing up, which is yeah. That's the manatee song? Yes. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh would you ever want to do a photo session with Jimmy Buffett? Nope. Okay. Nope, definitely. I, I'm very much like, uh, I don't want to meet my hero. Okay. Uh, I would love to see him alive. Maybe, like, literally, I am exactly uh, Troy from Community, if you know the reference, where he, he doesn't want to meet LeVar Burton. He wants a signed photo. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel like I, this is so, uh, like, important to me that, like, I don't want to break it. I, right. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I don't want to meet my heroes in this case. <laughs> okay, okay. What if you were hired to take photos at a concert so you wouldn't be interacting with him, you'd oh, just be, be in fine. the front row and you there would still have that distance between photographer and subject? Yes, that would be so fun. I would love that for okay, sure. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, would you ever want to be pulled up on stage to like, 
play cowbell or sing backup. Oh, yeah. I bet it'd be super fun. <laughs> He's got a big band. Also, like, you know, he calls out his band members and songs. So, like, I'll be like, oh, my God, it's Mac Mac and Alley. Like, that's going to be me, you know? Um, yeah. So, like, oh, I can't believe I'm meeting Nadira Shakur. Like, yeah. so I get, Oh, I wow. Get so you have the the long-term, is it Coral? Coral Reefers. Coral Reefers. Okay, yes. of course. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Nice, nice. I, I think that's really interesting to have that those very specific lines of, these are the ways to interact with your hero. Yeah. And nothing else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. even though you don't want to interact with him personally, you are obviously interested in his life outside of music, right? Yeah. I mean, I... I don't dig too deep. Um, I kind of know like the overalls of his life, but a lot of it is because of like songs. Like he writes songs about his kids and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but like I'm kind of just okay knowing that like Jimmy Buffett's out there like doing good and being happy and like <laughs> I, I don't need to know too many details. Okay, so you'd say you're more obsessed with his music than with yeah. him as a total uh, person. Yeah, personality. Yes, okay. definitely. Interesting, interesting. Okay, I have a question about Margaritaville. Okay. Okay, so the chorus uh, progresses from the narrator possibly blaming a woman for his problems mm -hmm. uh, to, by the end, accepting personal responsibility for his problems. Yes. What is that about? <laughs> um, or how do you take that, I guess? I mean, I take that as... He's telling a story like yeah. anything else. You know, he's telling the story of how he comes full circle uh, and and owns up to the fact that it is his own fault. Like, I, I, I find that as a narrative arc, if anything. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. He's also, uh, he's got definitely some, like, feminism woven into his songs, too. So I take it to, a, I, I think him coming to that conclusion is kind of a feminist thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a song growing up that I misheard the lyrics to, but love it both ways. Um, the, the song was called Smart Woman in a Real Short Skirt. Okay. Um, and I loved it. And I misheard the line to be, I want a smart woman in a real short skirt, a smart woman who knows how to hurt. So I basically grew up imagining Buffy. Like that was my picture for this was like, oh, he is singing a song about Buffy. And I later realized it's knows how to flirt, which okay. is fine. It is fine, but I, I like the Buffy version yeah, as well. Buffy can do both, but she's probably more famous for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her uh, power, her physical power uh, yeah. to hurt vampires and yes. other demons. Um, oh. Yeah. Can we talk about vampires and Jimmy Buffett, actually? Because yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that you're going to know to bring this up, but one of my favorite deep cut Jimmy Buffett songs is called Vampires, Mummies, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and it is it is about the things that scare him the most. And he, I love this one because, like, it gets really deep. Like, it opens with him talking about how he doesn't want to go to therapy because he's, like, he'd rather walk through fire than talk to his therapist because okay. it's so. Uh, and then he talks about the things that didn't scare him, uh, which are, uh, he was never scared of uh, alien psychopaths or MTV hosts. So it gets <laughs> kind of silly. Um and there's also like a little uh, one verse where he talks about how he was never frightened of the murder on his block. He nurtured orchids and raised hamsters. The neighborhood is still in shock, um, <laughs> which, again, was useful information for me as a child. Like, nice adults can be murderers. I will file this away for later. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should definitely write a parakeet book of uh, life lessons from Jimmy Buffett songs. I definitely thought about it. <laughs> what, was, what was the name, the list of things he was afraid of? Vampires? Vampires mummies and the holy ghost vampires mummies and the holy ghost does he yes. get into being afraid of uh certain types of religion um 
He doesn't get too deep into it. <laughs> he just kind of touches on those things. Um, but he does, like, talk about religion in some other songs where he doesn't really ever come out with... Well, actually, I was going to say he doesn't ever come out with an opinion about it, but he does have a song called My Head Hurts, My Feet Stink, and I Don't Love Jesus. <laughs> so there's that. Fairly <laughs> um, explicit. Yeah, but, but he also has a song um, where he talks about, like, all the different religions and how, like, you know, at the end of the day, like humanity like religions in the hands of some weird people but like you know religion itself isn't bad and he kind of just touches on it in like a longer song about it's called fruitcakes okay. <laughs> um but it's just like a random aside about religion as well and how like it's all good just you know don't necessarily listen to the scary like hate mongery people yeah it's nice that's a nice message yeah right um if jimmy buffett wrote a song about you Man. What would you like it to be about? What would you like it to be called? Oh, man. It, I would really want it to be one of the sci-fi ones. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it would be about, per se, um, because he's already covered my dreams of, like, building a ro- uh, rocket ship and running away with Doctor Who. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what's left. Um, and becoming a Pleiades, which was also or a Pleiad. The Pleiades are the multiples. I always forget. <laughs> um, so I don't know. But uh, but I would, I think, definitely a sci-fi one. Okay. It, would you want the your sci-fi story to be combined with his more well-known uh, island escapism? Would you like to have a cocktail in space? Oh yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Buffett, yeah. get to get to writing cocktail in space. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. All so right. These are questions I ask everybody or variations of them. No right or wrong answers. Do you think about Jimmy Buffett every day? Yep. is that if you're listening to the music you do or is it just your life lessons you know certain drug terminology because of him (laughs) it's it's really everything it's it was his uh earlier catalogs were just very formative for me (laughs) okay all right fair enough when jimmy buffett just kind of wanders into your mind if you're not hearing music what kind of uh what is the catalyst to make you think of him or his songs oh i mean it it really could be anything because there are so many different you know, things. It could be literally food or a relationship okay. or a tree. Like, it really could be anything. Fair enough. You've already listed uh, yeah. several catalysts. Do you have or would you get a Jimmy Buffett tattoo? Oh, definitely. I've been thinking about it for years. Oh, really? Uh, but, but I could never, like, pick one for sure. Um, I will say he has a, a great line in a song about tattoos, um, which is one of, I actually was going to say, my even my current tattoos make me think of Jimmy Buffett because uh, he has this song. It's about different things, but it opens about a tattoo, and it's called Permanent Reminder of a Temporary Feeling. Okay. And it opens <laughs> with these like parents who are horrified because this their daughter just came home with this huge back tattoo, and they're like, what were you thinking? And, <laughs> and she's trying to come up with like, oh, I got it because it means this, da, da, da. And he's just, and then Jimmy Buffett cuts in and he's like no it's it's not as complex as you think it's just a permanent reminder of a temporary feeling i think that's really smart (laughs) yeah yeah the other examples are a vegas wedding and a baby (laughs) so yeah um what have you given thought to what the actual image would be if you made the plunge to get a jimmy buffett tattoo it would probably have to be 
something like sort of big and like whimsical that encompassed a lot of things from different songs. There's no like one song that I would be like, that's the one. Okay. Um, it would probably, because like to me, it's all about like worlds and world building and all the different characters he's written and stuff like that. Okay. So it would be kind of like a, a world of a tattoo. A world. Okay. So you, you might need the whole back. <laughs> yeah, I might. That might be it. <laughs> uh, do you have, or would you ever want to have a Jimmy Buffett action figure? I, I, if somebody gave it to me, sure. Yeah. I don't know what I would do with it, but sure. <laughs> there's probably is a Funko Pop because there's Gotta so be. many uh, musician Funko Pops. There's probably a, a Funko Pop of Jimmy Buffett. Well, my um, birthday is next week, so I'll tell my boyfriend. <laughs> he needs to start looking. <laughs> Come on. You can go to Hot Topic and probably find a Jimmy Buffett hot, uh, pop vinyl. Um, do But the, the larger point of that question is, is the music just floating in the ether of life good enough, or do you find the desire to have any sort of other physical totems? For the most part, it's just the music. Yeah. I don't really have any other things. Um, the only like physical Jimmy Buffett manifestation that I have right now, <laughs> um, my a friend of mine was at a thrift store and found a whole bunch of his albums on vinyl. Oh, okay. Which is how I used to listen to them, you know, back in the day. We would listen to the records. Yeah. Um, and so I had her get me get them for me and I framed the the volcano album and I have Aww. it on the wall now. Nice. So yeah, that that's but I, but that feels like enough. Yeah. And it's also like there some of them have like a picture of his face. That's not the one I chose. Okay. The one in my living room is just like a cool is like cool volcano art. So it's about the idea. Yeah. In the story. Right. So you don't yeah. want like shower curtains with the Margaritaville lyrics on them and no. things like that. Okay. I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Although if I did, I'm sure that would be every present I got for like the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, if you owned a professional sports team, would you name it after Jimmy Buffett? Would I name it like the Jimmy Buffetts or <laughs> would I name it like after something from a song? Uh, probably. It seems like your interest would be something after a song, not the yeah. literal Jimmy Buffett's <laughs> yeah, hockey team. Although I do kind of like that idea too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would have to think about like it would depend on the sport. <laughs> okay. Um, and I would probably spend a lot of time matching it to the perfect song, but sure. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, would you fight with a loved one if they insulted Jimmy Buffett? Yep. <laughs> yep. have you fought with a loved one um i would i guess if they had like a real argument but if they were just being mean i would definitely call them out on it for okay sure. okay it's, it's like again it's something that is special to me yeah um i will say you know my mom comes from a big family and they do not care for jimmy buffett so we we've definitely butted heads over that a few times but it's it's not that big a deal <laughs> is your grandma still upset about that one song um probably <laughs> i once told her i once told my grandmother that i ran into the lead singer of okay go which is another band i like and my grandma was like oh that's not one of those terrible bands with the with the long beards is it so <laughs> i just imagine that she thinks that all uh like every band is like zz top every band is frozen in 1979 <laughs> yeah. that's really funny to imagine okay go is one of those <laughs> naughty beard bands i know <laughs> uh, okay interesting um so in terms of uh, fighting with a loved one a little bit of a side question yes. on that i imagine that since uh, non-parrot heads don't know about the deep cut uh, storytelling of Jimmy Buffett, but just know 
twangy drinking songs, yeah. I imagine that you run into lots of people with misconceptions. Yeah. Does that irritate you? Or are you just kind of like, yep, that's a part of being a Jimmy Buffett fan. I'm ready for it. Oh, no, I'm the worst. I'm like, oh, my God, let me tell you this story. <laughs> I mean, I made I made my coworker a mix CD of all his like uh, all of his sci fi ones because I was like, oh, no, I'm going to like you're going to love these. Like, I'm very um, she was also very intrigued when I told her about the, the vampires and mummies one. OK. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah, that the, I like to. Uh, enlighten people one of my friends uh at a party was like a fortune teller told me i was a pleiades what's a pleiades and i was like well drunk maury's gonna have your ear for the next hour um so you know okay that helps a lot with uh with rating the obsession level um you also (laughs) mentioned uh that you sometimes uh, when you're in the car with a boyfriend listen to the spotify uh jimmy buffett uh channel is your boyfriend a jimmy buffett fan no, but he's very nice about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've only—I think I've only ever met like one person my own age that liked Jimmy Buffett. Okay, it's all older people. Even when I was a kid, uh, every now and then I'd have like a teacher be like, "Oh, Mari, you're a parrot head." It was like, <laughs> it's all people my parents' age that I know that listen to Jimmy Buffett. So, all right, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, if there was a Jimmy Buffett breakfast cereal, would you buy and eat it? Yeah. I don't know what it would be. It might not be very good. <laughs> no. Little uh, cheeseburgers, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, little cheeseburger-shaped things might be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good to know. If you had the magic power to make people immortal, oh. but you could only use this power up to three times, would one of those people be Jimmy Buffett? Would you make Jimmy Buffett immortal? That's a really hard question, but I'm I'm going to say yes off the top of my head based on the fact that He's so prolific. I do think he could just write songs forever. Okay. Um, and the fact, again, that he does, he is like proactive and into activism. I, you know, he, I think that, you know, uh, immortal Jimmy Buffett would put a lot of work into making the world better, especially because he would know that he's going to be around forever. Oh, yeah. He really needs <laughs> yeah. to save the climate because he's still going to be alive. Yeah. yeah. So when the glaciers collapse. I think so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, uh, I tried to make that easier by giving you th- up to three people. Yeah. If if it was down to two, would it be harder to pick Jimmy Buffett to make immortal? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if aliens visited Earth and you were assigned to greet them, would you play them Jimmy Buffett to explain human civilization to them? Oh, I would love to say yes, but I, I don't know that Jimmy Buffett is uh, representative enough. Although maybe one of his travel songs. <laughs> oh, the rocket ship. Like, look, we yeah. dream of doing yeah, what you're doing. Totally. I mean, you could probably find a way to relate to them, but I don't know if it'd be fair to say that it's representative of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Would you want that assignment, just as a, as a side question, would you want that assignment to be the person to greet aliens? Nope. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I mean, the, I never... I, I, I feel like you die, right? Like, like, yeah, that's like the first person you okay. meet them probably dies, right? Fair enough. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking it because I know you have good organizational skills, like oh, you were describing true. with your um, running the whole program at the college. Yeah. That I was wondering if that seemed like a fun organizational challenge to go like, ooh, let me break down the best way to introduce humanity to aliens. Well, I mean, I think if, if, if somebody was like, Mari, you have to do this. You're the only one that I I could find, like, a positive spin for that. Okay. Um, but I would definitely not be my first choice. Okay. <laughs> that was very insightful. I ask a lot of people that question, and none of them have ever jumped to the, uh, you know, 50-50 option that aliens might just wave their hands and split yeah. their atoms apart. Yeah. 
Good good thinking on that one. Very practical. <laughs> uh, here's the last How Obsessed Are You question. Right. If you were about to see an amazing Jimmy Buffett concert, but a bear blocked your entrance to the theater, would you try to get around the bear? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I'm I'm I come from a place with bears, so I'm thinking about this like very practically. <laughs> yeah, I totally would. Honestly, there have been bears in my parents' front yard before, so like that's not too theoretical a question. Okay. Like I could see being like, we're gonna leave the house for Jimmy Buffett. Oh no, a bear. <laughs> We'd find a way. It's happened. You just yeah. zip around. Yeah. Is this more about you your confidence in your ability to navigate and handle bears, or is it more about your interest level in seeing a Jimmy Buffett concert? both because i have never been to a jamie buffett concert and he's not immortal so i feel like i you know if i had seen him several times already then then maybe you know maybe i'd let the bear have this one yeah um but if it was like my one shot um you know not all bears are aggressive (laughs) yeah because this isn't about fighting the bear it's just about getting past the bear exactly exactly okay good good answer i ask everyone to make a noise to some of their obsession what kind of jimmy buffett noise comes to mind Oh, man, I, I can't make the noise of like the wind whistling through palm trees and like water <laughs> lapping at the shore. But that would be my my gut. Reaction. OK, can you just off the top of your head make a noise that is that feeling to you? I'll give you whoosh. How about that? <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. Uh, I ask everyone to give a rating to their obsession. So on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest. Uh, how obsessed are you with Jimmy Buffett? Uh, definitely a 10. Definitely a 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, because, I mean, now, in my how obsessed are you questions, there's some things that you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't need that. But you feel like the the parts of the Jimmy Buffett oeuvre that you are interested in, you are as interested as you possibly could be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That is a very good answer. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to uh, the plugging portion of our podcast. So can you tell people where they can find your photography, any other social media that you want people to find, all that stuff? Yeah. Well, uh, so my photography is at mariprofoto.com. And uh, I also design clothes with my photography on them. You can find that at www.different.city. So it's not differentcity.com, but it's different.city. Um, and so, yeah, I've got a lot of circus clothes there, too, if that interests you. <laughs> nice. Um, but, yeah, so those, those are the two places you can find me. When you say you design clothes with your photos on them, do you obviously the photos are in art and how they're put on the cloth or whatever, but do you design the clothes in some way? Uh, no, I have a, a third-party person that, like, manufactures the cut of the clothing and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I just I just design how my photos will fit on it. Um, and it's fun. It's it's little, like, all the little snapshots and stuff I take of, like, nature. I've got, like, a tank top with Hollywood Boulevard on it that's very, like, artsy that I shot on film and then scanned. And oh, then, like, nice. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a nice crossover between the two. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, Here's some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And with that, we'll get into our final questions. These are just weird, fun things. You can make it about Jimmy Buffett if you'd like. All right, we'll see. (laughs) If a picture of you became the most viral meme ever created, what would you want to be doing in that picture? Well, hopefully something really (laughs) cool circus-wise. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I would be ideal. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. Just like, uh, what what to you is something really cool circus wise? Well. Well, something that's visually cool in a picture is going to be different than visually cool in real life because I have, you know, so many thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> I mean, right, one of my favorite pictures of me is I went to a party in regular clothes not expecting there to be aerial silks rigged, and there were, and I did a, a crossback straddle, which is like my one big move. It's it's like a beginner's big move, but still, uh, it's where you are upside down on the silks in like the splits. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be good at the splits for it, but it makes it look like you're good at the splits. So I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> and you can do a lot of cool visuals with the fabric. So I think that would probably be something like that. Okay. Just very casually doing this impressive looking thing that like makes me look flexible. <laughs> I think that would be the best case scenario. <laughs> so doing something very flexible in the air while possibly listening to Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. People, yeah, yeah. people might not know that from the photo, but right, that's but awesome. <laughs> If you could clone yourself, would you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm an only child, so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'd get along well with myself because we would want the exact same amount of, uh, of alone time as well. So I think that would go over well. That's really uh, an uplifting perspective that you would assume that you would get along with yourself because I think a lot of people and a lot of storytelling has the, when people get cloned, that they're like, oh, do I actually do that? It, I think that's a good amount of self-knowledge to be... Like, yeah, no, I would get along with myself. Yeah, yeah, I think we'd be pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) The final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oh, man. Happiness is uh, that feeling that everything's okay. Everything's okay right now. Everything's gonna be okay for as far as you can see in the future. And you're not really worried about anything past that. Okay, so having a good day and knowing that tomorrow is also gonna be a good day. Maybe not even a good day, but just like a good moment. Yeah. Like, like I have a little uh, like line from a poem that I love. Uh, it's the last line of the poem, and it just says, I love you. I'm glad I exist. And every now and then I catch myself in a moment where I just feel good, and I think that line to myself, just like, I'm glad I exist. And I, that's definitely happiness to me. That is a great answer. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. No problem. Oh, and I should—I feel like I should plug that 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 poem is uh, called—it's uh, by Wendy Cope, and it's called "The Orange." Yeah, yes. people go listen to a lot of Jimmy Buffett and then go read that poem. Yes. That is a—it's a beautiful line. <laughs> that is our podcast. All right. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. And here's another thing about Jimmy Buffett. His life's an open book like James Joyce and Agatha Christie. (laughs) 